0: Nick Darr here, getting ready to shoot uh, another episode of Business Over Brew, which wouldn't be possible if not for our great sponsors at Roberts Motors. Uh, You know the Roberts Motors name. They've been around since 1949. Uh, Definitely a name that means quality. We certainly appreciate their support of not only this show, but all they do for the community. You talk about. A local business that gets it in terms of supporting great community causes and just being involved in the community. The guys at Roberts Motors, Sam, John, the rest of the crew there, they really understand what it means to be a good business citizen in the community. And they've done that for a lot of years. Uh, If you're in the market for a vehicle, you you know, the the car industry has been a little upside down lately in terms of inventory. Uh, They're starting to get more and more vehicles on the lot. Uh, starting to see some new Broncos out there, so go check that out. A little more pre owned inventory as well. They're certainly always in the market to uh, give you a great deal if you're looking to sell your vehicle as well. Now's a great time to do that. And maybe something we don't talk about enough is just a, a really great, uh, top notch service center at Roberts Motors. Uh, if you need work done to your car, you need tires, oil change, any kind of service work, uh, Roberts Motors is really a terrific place to consider. Um, and then we just appreciate the opportunity to do business with you, whether it's buying a vehicle, uh, buying your vehicle from you or getting some work done to your vehicle. Check out Roberts Motors uh, on Alby Street in Alton or at RobertsMotors.com. Welcome to Business Over Brew. Very special episode today. Pleased to be joined by a guy who has been trying to get on the show for a long time, but wouldn't actually come on the show unless I agreed to let him have his own walk-up song.
1: We're supposed to announce me todd Lock, standing at five ten, weighing out yeah, 200 pounds a solid of muscle but i'll take i'll take the walkout song five percent anyway. body fat yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you know, so. hey thanks He's for right. coming on it's hey
0: thanks for having me long time coming we've been trying I, to do I this know. for a while so are these free yeah hey be right with you Ooh. Ma'am. This is why I wanted to have you on the show. Oh, it is? You're you're very entertaining. Well, it's the reason
1: I wanted to be on here because I figured the drinks were free. Yeah, absolutely. The
0: secret's out. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll probably get a lot more people trying to be guests on the show now.
1: I I do like how you said I've been trying to be a guest, and I like that. Right. Yeah, it's not really been that way. It's been (laughs) the other way around. But we're busy
0: guys, so it's tough to get our schedules together. And you're training somebody every afternoon. But uh, always start with just give us a little bit of background about yourself and where Um, you grew up and all that good stuff.
1: um, I bench press about 250. Sure, that was. Not the question, My ship's okay. about 19, 20 inches. I like long walks on the beach. Uh, one, I have a one-eyed dog named Knuckles. Uh, he's prominent in your videos. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he's a crowd pleaser, yeah. we like to call it. <laughs> um, I was actually, I was born and raised up in Calhoun County in Campsville, Illinois. Uh, really small town. Yeah. I think at the time it was about 400 people. I think now it's probably 150 people. Little river town up there. Lived there until I was uh, about fifteen. Uh, my parents divorced, and then we moved to the uh, big metropolis of Bethalto. Probably you know, seemed like it at the time. It, anyway, they're going I, from Campsville to Bethalto. Was I like, could remember. I could remember my friends like, "Oh, you're going to go be a big city slicker now." <laughs> Seriously, I, I mean, yeah. it was like going from Bethalto to Chicago. Like that's how it felt back back then. So, so. that was just going in the high school that you moved. Well, to, no, to I was. Bethalto, it was or? the middle of my sophomore year. Okay, yeah. We had just in Calhoun. We had just went to the state championship. And got runner-up. Coach Rick Johns was the coach, sure, then, like yeah. right before Calhoun made their. So we had the state championship game. Was on Saturday, and I started the Bethalto that Monday, the very next. Wow. Yes. Not, my, be, cho- not no, my choice. Not my choice. Not my choice at all. But old Sergeant Margaret, my mom said, <laughs> "We're, We're going. going." Yeah. Right. Said it to be a tough transition leaving. I, I know when you play, <clears throat> you know when you have that kind of bond, you you. There's was a
0: lot of good relationships
1: to, yeah, to leave it, behind. Yeah, it, so. it was a tough move. It's a but like looking back, I did not want to make the move, but at the time, it was. I mean, looking back now is the best thing that right. happened to me. But so now,
0: you're a very <laughs> outgoing person and and probably easily make friends. Was it always the
1: case? Was it the case when you made the move? Or? Uh, yeah, was, yeah. I've always been pretty outgoing. I mean, it's tough, especially in the middle of the school year, going like that. Right. But you know, I was I was decent at sports, and that always helps to make sure. friends pretty quick. So, um, and you know, like coming from Calhoun and I don't know if my Calhoun buddies will listen, but you know, then fashion styles and everything are just a little different coming from there. So that made the transition where, like I said, I, you know, I, I was, I was pretty decent at, pretty decent at sports at the time. So that, that helped a lot but you stopped wearing the hat with the fish hook on stuff. <laughs> right right i quit shopping at uh, cabela's as much you know right yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so a- after high school what, what what then
1: um i joined uh, the military and i was in the army national guard uh infantry and i did that while i was going to college i went to went away to eastern illinois university um and so yeah after that did a, a whole lot of different jobs between then and where i am now what did you go to college for what was your game plan at the time um my major was speech communication which anybody watching this That's video a is tough degree dude. I mean. <laughs> and it must have been a yours yes, Any, and anyone <laughs> anyone watching like wow that guy majored in speech communication well, um i had i majored in that i had a uh, a minor in public relations um i did some some like I was like the women's volleyball PA announcer and things. I kind of wanted to go into some sort of broadcasting or something like that, but never really pursued it. You kind of did, but we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Once um, I take your show over. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Anytime.
0: Uh, (laughs) Talk a little bit about your experience in the military and how that that shaped you.
1: I was uh, what's called 11 Bravo or infantry. And that's for the, that's the, the human sandbags, the guys that are on the front lines. And I was, I was young and dumb at the time. And I thought, I didn't really know you had a choice of what else you could be. So, you know, that's, you know, you go to basic training and, you know, uh, you're, you AIT and that's, that's some of the hardest training like the, the that the army has. And so, I use a lot of the thing that the drill sergeants and things used to say to us back then. I still use a lot of those like sayings and just some of their, the way the army used to do some of their trainings, you kind of quote unquote beat them down and then build them back up and try to, you know, increase people's confidence and things like that. So, I mean, it just, I think it made me a little hard, you know, a little more hard nosed. It teaches you discipline and, and respect and things like that. So I think that's played a major part in what I do now. What were some of the jobs that you that you had along the way? Man, line? a lot. Uh, my my <laughs> first my first job out of high school or out of college, uh, I worked as like assistant sales manager at a tire at a tire shop. Um, and which you know a lot of these jobs I look back on now, I was like, eh, that has nothing to do with what I'm doing now, but they really do. Mm-hmm. They're experiences. I mean no one in their right mind wants to buy tires. That, could you think Not, of anything worse to buy than right. tires? No one wants to buy. So everybody walks in there, they're they're mad, they've had a horrible day, they're probably broke down on the side of the road, maybe had to get a tow. So if you can, you know, learn to sell someone tires and them be happy and satisfied with it, you can sell anything. Like fitness, <laughs> you know. Right. I did that. I had a very long uh, illustrious career as a Alton police officer. That's about ten months. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I worked at the Alton Telegraph and the uh, the uh, circulation department for a while. Um, I worked I worked surveillance for a for the President Casino. Um, a lot of different things, and you know, a lot of me think, "What's that have to do with what you do now?" But they're all just sort of experience to learn how to deal with a lot of different people in a lot of different situations. Right. Well, and I think. Anybody with that entrepreneurial
0: spirit, it's it, it usually comes from, it's it's in you for a long time. So you're always learning things about the business that, you know, maybe your average employee doesn't really care about your processes and systems. But if you're, if it's maybe in the back of your mind to be an entrepreneur or have your own business someday, you're always saying, hmm, that's maybe just file it away for later,
1: not even consciously. Exactly. And I, I think I knew that I always wanted to do something on my own. I always figured it would be like a, what do the kids say? A side hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I would, you know, have a job, a full time job, but then do something on the side. You know, I worked at the Simmons Law Firm for four or five years as a legal investigator. And I learned, that, you know, a lot of the, the people there, they kind of have that entrepreneurship, you know, spirit. Like John Simmons, you know, how he sure. kind of built that firm up. So I got to watch. You know, I was around a lot of intelligent people who, you know, guided me and uh, who I'm still very close with now. That I able to go to for, you know, different pieces of advice and things. So, let's talk
0: about, you know, how your business started. Tell us about just kind of the, the story of, of Pride Fitness.
1: Well, uh, when I was at the Simmons Law Firm, it, it, one time, if you remember, it was called the Simmons-Cooper Law Firm. Mm-hmm. Jeff Cooper, uh, he was one of the, the managing partners. And him and I went to the same gym. And he knew I trained, I trained in jujitsu and some MMA and boxing back then. And uh, he was like, Hey, you know, we should get into this, you know, this MMA, you know, it's, it's up and, you know, it's up and coming and, you know, we should start training fighters or something like that. And I was still working as a legal investigator. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And so he's like you know matt hughes and matt hughes uh, was like the nine-time world champion he's in ufc hall of fame but he's from like hillsboro illinois you know one time he's one of the baddest men on the planet right i didn't know him but i was good friends with one of his best friends uh, mark fiore who was hughes's wrestling coach i you know i told Cooper, hey, i don't know him but i know this mark fiore's long story short uh we've Cooper and I flew out to Vegas while Hughes was filming the Ultimate Fighter reality show on Spike mm-hmm. TV, and we met with Hughes and Fury, his wrestling coach, and Robbie Lawler, who's still fighting in the UFC today. We met with these guys and just talked about, you know, we just wanted to like sponsor up and coming fighters and help, you know, because they don't they don't make much money as they're coming up and right. It spiraled from sponsoring them to training them. So we started a gym in Granite City and this, this gym spiraled into, we had people, we've used the old army barracks down on the, uh, remember the old, uh, what was it? The, the, the army depot. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up turning the barracks down there into like these fighters dorms. So we had people coming from Ireland and Germany and England and just from all over the world and all over the country, they would come in and do, you know, fight camps And, uh, or they would, you know, they, some of them would end up just living, living, living there permanently. And so as we were doing that, um, I noticed these fighters didn't have anybody doing their strength and conditioning. And so I started helping out, uh, a couple of them. You know, because I'd been training and kind of helping people in fitness for for a long time. I'd studied it. I mean, I call, say it's studying it, but I wasn't studying. I was just, I just was really into it. And so I was always just trying to learn and be better. Right. And, and I thought that maybe someday it was something I want to get into. So I started helping a couple of these fighters, and they kept, they were having success. And the, the more I helped them, the more success they've had. And, a couple of these guys actually made it to the UFC, which is you know the pinnacle of the sport. And so the next thing I know, I have all these different fighters. Hey, can you help me? Can you? Help? And my job—I didn't say this, but my job—I was, I was a uh, part owner, but I was also I was the general manager. So training these guys wasn't part of my job, but I just started doing it. Next thing I know, I have I have like a waiting list of guys wanting to come and train with me. Long story short, short Cooper just kind of ends up selling the gym. Like I'm out of the business. I'm going to go. Work on women's professional soccer, and so the new owner kind of made an offer for me to stay. I didn't like it. Didn't like him, so I'm like, I think I make maybe do this on my own, right? So I just I turned my garage my garage into a gym. I had this old like someone gave me some old wood paneling like from the 70s, you know, like your grandma had in her basement. Sure, yeah. And so I put wood paneling all around it and just you know bought used old equipment and made used equipment. And, uh, I just started doing personal training and I would start super early in the morning. And we just, I would do personal training all day long. Were those mostly one-on-one? It sessions was, or? it was all, it was all, it was all one-on-one stuff. Um, I don't know. Do you remember, do you know who Tim Nelson is? Mm-hmm. Coach Nelson? Yep. You've heard the Nelly strong sure. guy, you know, he passed away. Um, but when he was the, the head football coach at Marquette, he uh, brought me on to do strength and conditioning for the team. So I would go up there to their weight room three days a week and uh, do the strength and conditioning. Right. They had a great year. They ended up going to the elite eight uh, that year I was I was doing it. So then I had more teams and athletes starting to contact me about doing that. Um, I started a little, me and a couple friends, we started a little workout in my yard on Saturday mornings. And we, you know, flipping tires and we just called it, it was circuit training. We just right. called it circuit and so we put some videos and pictures up and kept growing. And like, there was three of us for a few weeks and the next week I had nine people and then within a few weeks I had 20 people in my yard. So we started doing that two and days. And these are just friends that you're probably at first, not even charging at the time? Well, it, well at first, the yeah, family? I wasn't charging them at the time. <laughs> when it went from, okay, this is free to I'm paying you, it was a very awkward situation. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need uh, right. Yeah, but we started doing that in my yard. and Like I said, it just started growing. I remember I had like, I had 10 stations, 10 exercises that you would do. And I remember the first time that there was going to be over 10 people there. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Now looking back on that, it's hilarious because now we'll have 200 people at one of these workouts. Right. You know, and back then I would, I would make my own equipment. I would take, I would go to Goodwill. I would buy like old basketballs and fill them with sand. And then, you know, put duct tape over them and call them a medicine ball. I mean, we just did all kinds of different things like that. I I think... What's so unique about the
0: experience is you go to uh, a lot of gyms and you' most people are by themselves got mm-hmm. their headphones in there's no community really to it it's just kind of and that's okay um, right. but yours, You you partner up with somebody, not just, but it's not just your partner. There's like a whole community of people that are there participating and kind of suffering, I guess, together. Right.
1: You know, and that's a lot of people always say to me, like, oh, I love what you've done. It's like, you know, you built this thing and made it great. And, but it's, you know, we started with some really good people when we started. I have some great friends and they're the ones, like I said, they started doing that in the yard and we've just kind of. We've just kind of built that like this sort of pride way, like every, you know like the Cardinals have their way and there's always these traditions and it just, you know, the, the people who've been doing it a while, they, they pass it down to the, the rookies and we've just kind of created this culture And everybody there is, you know, they have the same sort of goals in mind and they're they're like minded people, you know, that come there. And like you said, yes, there's something when something when someone next to you is, you know, working out hard and suffering and and going through something and and it creates a bond, you know. One of those traditions, so we kind of joked about the walk up song. Or to start the so that's
0: that's one of the traditions, every workout starts with that we, song, which,
1: exactly. Oh. And the music in the playlist has always been a big thing. There, you know, right. so even we did it in my yard. I had these, I would run speaker wire out in my yard, I had these big giant, like two big giant, you know, those big wooden speakers, right? Yeah, we'd set it out in my yard, and the playlist was always a big thing. And the very first one we did back in 2000, was it 2011. So yeah, 10 years ago, uh, the first song was that Dropkick Murphy song, Shipping Up to Boston. And so I just, we just use that every time, you know? And we were only doing one circuit a week. Right. right? And then we started in the yard, we started doing two, and then when we moved to the gym, the next gym, we were doing three. So. Now we're doing four four times a week and every single one of them starts with that shipping up the Boston song now I play that like I'm really pumped up about it but I've heard that song five billion three hundred yeah, million times right, you no. know so yeah it's
0: just about how many times a week
1: for the last uh, ten years exactly, a, a lot. so
0: exactly um you went through a little bit of adversity in the business here not not long ago and um, kind of found out you're going to have to move pretty soon. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about that story and, and just kind of some of the, I don't know, just interesting events that transpired to leads you to where your location is now.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, we were just leasing the building and our, our lease was up, but we had just kind of been going month to month. And then, you know, the landlords, they needed the space and they said, hey, we, you know, we're going to have to have this space. We're going to need to find some place. And they gave us, they gave us a lot of leeway on, but they needed the space really badly because right. they had their own business wanting to move in. So, man we just we started a, a search i mean a big time search and it just because it's not
0: if you haven't been to pride it's not just like going and finding an office space it's no
1: a, <laughs> you need a lot of room and, and i'm not gonna lie, i didn't know how much that room cost <laughs> you know what i'm saying right, yeah we just looked you know we looked at all over madison county and just nothing was i, I thought you know there was times i was just like you know what I just want to get out of business and go, dude, I was seriously going to buy an old van and just travel the country and just, you know, record my, my ventures <laughs> right, and see yeah. what happened then. You know, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. So I thought, you know, that's what I would do. And then, you know, I'm just, and then we found some different places and they, they kept falling through on us. And I was like, man, maybe this just, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I, I always think God has a plan. And I thought maybe his plan is not to do this. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we found this, we where now I knew about this uh this uh, location but I, I knew how much they wanted and it was just not something that was in the books for us you know and you know just super blessed somehow it you know the 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 owner uh gave us a great deal helped us wanted us in there because she knew it was something that was great for the community her great grandkids uh come to the come to pride so you know she was like I All want right. this to do some good and you know I it was that the building had been in their family a long time. So we found it a couple months ago and we're back up and running.
0: Seems like the city of Woodriver really wanted you to stay as well and, and kind of helped you out. I, I they know, did. Uh, they, you Chief know, Brad Wells was Chief... out there. You know, <laughs> he was, the he was, like and, he said, he
1: was twisting arms, right, and, yeah. you know, and I think, I think he had a little bit to do with, you know, the lady selling to us and he comes to pride three days a week. The guys had, two hips replaced. That's how old he is. <laughs> and, uh, he still come, you know, after getting that, he still comes to pride. He, he loves it and he knows what it kind of does for the community. And so he was, I mean, two days after I found out that we had to move, he was taking me around, showing me places, you know? So it, it was, it, it, it's been awesome. The city of Wood River has been fantastic to me. So. So many business owners get
0: started because, you know, to use the restaurant analogy, they know how to make a cookie. So they open a, a cookie <laughs> right, shop. Right. And that, that's how most people do get started. What's been the hardest part for you um, from a business side of things to, to learn, to, to overcome. Um,
1: you know, it's just it, my whole thing. You, you I love what I do just because I love seeing people like change their way of thinking and, you know, thinking they can't do things and they suddenly can do them or, you know, going from just, you know, sitting on the couch and being a sloth to being almost addicted to working out and fitness and things Mm -hmm. like that. And one 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 of the most disappointing things is kind of when I lose people. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Just on that journey, right. and the next thing you know, you just kind of fall off, and you know what I'm. And I would, and I like to connect to our, you know, our people on a personal level, and trying to get them back. And you just, you know, they feel like they, you know, these, they know how hard it's going to be, and just getting them back, it's that's always disappointing to me. I guess when you kind of lose someone, you know. Sure. And. Because it is kind of like, it's not kind of like, it's
0: like addiction when it comes to food and nutrition and things like that. Or not working out, you basically fall off the wagon sometimes.
1: It is, you know, and people are always like, ah, working out for you is easy. And, you know, you just, you're so motivated. Like, listen, I I almost hate working out. But like you said, it's almost an addiction. If I mm-hmm. don't, I feel like, I feel like crap, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's it. And we've had a lot of people who come to Pride that were that were addicts, that were mm-hmm. addicted to something not as good as, you know, as not even as fitness burgers, who right? it, who now have, you know, yeah. traded that in like as fitness is their addiction instead mm-hmm. of, you know, the whatever illegal thing they were doing. Uh, before that, so that's been great to see. I mean, it really is saving lives in in, in a lot of ways. I'm, I
0: know you maybe it, don't like to step back and think of it that way, but it is. It it, it sounds overdramatic
1: to say, right? But, but, it, but it is, and you know, and like I said, it's not me saving their life. It's you know the people at our gym that step up. And if you're new and you come into Pride, and maybe you're a hundred pounds overweight. Someone there is going to take you under their wing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and I don't always have the time to do that, but there's someone there will always will always do that. You know, and and I think one of the scariest things about uh, when I thought maybe we weren't going to be able to find a place, I was going to be out of business. And this is people. This is going to sound cheesy and overdramatic, but I was more worried about what my people, the people that come to Pride, were going to do mm-hmm. if we did shut down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, like you said, I know how many lives it's changed and how many people depend on it. You know. Sure. Uh, talk a little bit about
0: just kind of your personal fitness journey. I think you've probably always been mostly a workout guy from a pretty young age, but yeah, it's you know, it's changed. I know it's morphed over the years.
1: Yeah, too. it has very much so. Um, I always tell us there's a, on my desk uh, at the gym, I have an old barbell and it was my dad probably made this. 60 some years ago when he was a little kid and it's made out of you know the old metal coffee cans he filled right. those with with kind and you can't tell they're coffee cans anymore because it's so just you know eroded and things like that but it was two old coffee cans and a barbell or whatever and so it was at my grandmother's house when i was a kid and we'd go there and we'd try to pick it up And as we got older you know we would try to lift it over our heads and then we got older you know curls for the girls with it <laughs> and so i you know i think that was part of putting me on my journey you know, but yeah, I've always been into fitness and, you know, back in the day, you'd read those flex magazines and do the, the, you know, all the, uh, the, the bodybuilding type where right. you go in and spend two hours doing a chest workout, you know? I don't do that kind of workouts now. I and it's almost a bad word in the fitness world, but more functional stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing a lot of just carrying heavy sandbags and doing a lot of heavy farmers walks. I and mean, I do a lot of like heavy, hitting heavy bags and sprints and things I, like that.
0: I think you put it to me one time that that you train as if someone's trying to kill
1: you. <laughs> well, there, there's a <laughs> saying: make yourself harder to kill. That's what it is. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly right. And that's kind of how I how I model it. You know, and I still go in and do you know bench press and things like that but i make sure to do a lot of things where i'm just you know more functional for life right how do you balance you you train people at all ends of the spectrum
0: as you mentioned 100 pounds overweight to you know some of the fighters that were coming to you i'm sure
1: we're in great shape probably better shape than you in some cases exactly you know and i and i and i always that's hard uh, to believe i know <laughs> <laughs> you know i try to tra- train uh train people pretty much the same way mm-hmm. you know i mean you don't have to be an athlete to train like one but you know obviously you have to modify certain things in certain right. ways but you know it's just it's still that grind go after it my mentality you know and that's that's the great thing about our circuit workout that we do you know we do you know, it's it's circuit training. So you do a station 30 seconds, you rest 30 seconds, you do another station 30 seconds. And so, you know, we'll have a college wrestler who's getting ready for the season, um, or we'll have, you know, a housewife there wanting to lose hundred pounds. Right. And everybody works at their own pace is why they still get the same workout. And I'm still pushing each of them, mm-hmm. but I'm pushing the wrestler to do is the best that he can. I'm right. you know, I'm pushing the, you know, the person that wants to lose hundred pounds, I'm pushing them to their limit. You know, no. and they're, they're, each of them have different limits, you know, and I, like in the fitness world, it's not how much knowledge you have about fitness and things like that. It's more how you connect with the people and sure. learn what motivates each person. Now, somebody who's like in their face, you know, what I'm saying that doesn't work for everyone. Right. You know, they might need more positive reinforcement. Sure. A
0: couple last quick questions with Todd Locks from Pride Fitness. Um, mm-hmm. Ideal day for you. How's it? How's it go?
1: <laughs> well, an ideal day for me—I just nap all day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm I mean, not believing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's it's a day where you know at the end of the day you just say you know what I made a difference. uh You know what I'm saying? I made people's lives better. I I see people doing things that they didn't think they could do. You know, we train more women at my gym than we do men, hmm. and it's it's really fulfilling because women are like, oh, they're scared to use barbells. They're scared to use dumbbells or lift weights. I don't think that they, be, they can be strong. But I, I will tell you this, women are way tougher than guys oh, by, right. by far. You know, Much higher pain tolerance. And I think that's why we don't get as many guys is because they're like, oh, I already know what I'm doing. Or they're afraid to look stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, just a day where I feel like that you know, I've changed some lives or, and people have gotten better because of what I've done, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, toughest day for you that you've had since, since being a business owner?
1: Well, I mean, the day that I knew I was going to have to, to right, leave to prob- prob- probably was that one, you know, like I said, yeah. we had, we really thought that was our home. And, uh, that's, that's probably been the toughest, toughest one. I was in a bad spot for a while trying to find it, you right. know, but, uh, luckily I'm blessed and, underground 2.0. Yeah,
0: yeah. And finally uh, one piece of advice you could give to somebody thinking about starting a business today.
1: You know, find someone that's and me and my brother just talked about that on our podcast Eat Slay Live. Um there's a yeah. we'll cut that you, out. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> you like that little No, yeah, that's a good point. No, no we did nice, we so. actually did um is, you know, find someone who's doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who's who's already successful at it and go to them say ask them to show you how to do it, let them, you know, shadow them, let, you know, tell them that you'll work for them for free or whatever. You know, if I had someone who said, Hey, I want to do what you're doing. Can, can I come and work with you or work for you for free or shadow you? Or would you be my mentor? I I would be all over it. It's just flattering. And that's the best way to do it. You know?
0: Yeah. Right, right. You're the second, you're the second person has said that they went and worked for free in a business that they were interested in just to learn as much as they possibly could about
1: it. And, and that person that you're working for free for will end up paying you. They will hire you. They will, right. they will, whatever, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause we're, we're all looking for people that, that share the passion. You know, everybody wants to pass on the knowledge. I remember my brother Ross, when he started the brick house, he was like, he went to all these different business owners. Like, Uh, Kathy Gross at Bluff City and Eddie Shuler down at Fast Eddie's. And he went to them and he's like asking them like sitting down and having meetings about how they did. I'm like, these are your competitors. But they were, I can't tell you how incredibly, you know, helpful they were to him. I think no matter competitors or not, most small business owners want to see other small business owners succeed. Even if they really do. They know what, they know how hard the grind is and how hard it is starting up like that. So they're more than happy to help you. Right. You know,
0: any other last words of wisdom? One last plug for the podcast.
1: For Eat, slay, live. So. Eat, slay, live. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, brother. Hey, I, thanks I for coming. It. Glad you could. Glad you could do it. And, 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 uh, and I know you wanted to let me speak louder, but you passed me a little note and said the batteries were going come. dead right, on yeah. the uh, we, on the camera, so we have to stop. Gotta wrap so. it up. Sorry. <laughs>
0: thanks, Todd. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, sir.